Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What is up, football fans? I am Danny Austin. This is the Live from the 55 podcast. I am coming at you on... Sunday, July 16th, I'm pretty sure, um, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, here in our Marta Loop Studios. Thank you to the Nation Network. Super excited to be here. Um, honestly, I'm also coming at you at the tail end of what was an absolutely wild weekend of CFL football, uh, Saturday in particular, between the Red Blacks and Bombers, and then the Stampeders and Riders just delivered up two absolute classics. Uh, you know, I, I also love the Toronto-Montreal game. There was a lot to love. Um, this is kind of the type of weekend where, as a CFL fan, you just wonder, why doesn't everyone... Love this, love this league the way I do. Um, just an absolute blast. Again, headache. Can barely talk. I'm just tired. I didn't do any stampeding. I'm I'm just here talking CFL. Can't wait. And we've got a couple pretty pretty great guests today. Um, first up is uh, going to be my my good friend Jamie Nye uh, coming at you from CJME uh, in Regina, host of the Green Zone. You know, if you follow the CFL, you know Jamie. He's as as, as smart a fella as you get. Um, I said fella like that, a lot of regrets already. Um, but yeah, Jamie's Jamie's the smartest, and we're just gonna kind of break down what we saw last night between the riders and the stamps. And what was an absolutely wild game. Uh, you know, I, it was one of those ones where I was sort of grateful that right now the, the pressures of the job aren't too much because if that had been on a tight deadline, I would have had trouble. Uh after that, Ryan Ballantyne, he's down in Florida. We've had him on a bunch of times. Uh three down nation writer, host of the Ghost Stamps Go podcast good friend of mine and uh middle of the game he was like man i gotta talk to you about this so we're gonna have him on that'll probably be a little bit of a shorter one but i'm excited to have both of those guys on who knows maybe they'll cross over um but yeah really excited um let's talk football because honestly what a weekend and i i gotta be honest here we're all about accountability here in the live from the 55 studios And if you listen to Thursday's podcast, I had my dear friend Ian Busby on, and man, like we look like a bunch of idiots now. Um, We were sitting there like, oh man, these games stink this weekend. I don't want to watch it. I want to go to Stampede. I have to watch Winnipeg and Ottawa. It's going to be a massacre. Oh, Toronto Montreal is the only good game this weekend. Like, and man, like, do we ever look like a bunch of bunch of nerdlingers now uh because these games were honestly so much fun uh you start with hamilton edmonton i do think that hamilton putting up 37 points on these elks is sort of the big story there eh, no i don't i think the big story there is just that the elks are making everyone pretty sad right now they haven't won a game um 
it's it's very concerning what's happening there in Edmonton. I'm worried about that market. I'm worried about that team. I'm worried about that organization. Hate seeing it happen, man. Um, honestly, I think that there was a while there where everyone was like, look how wild it is that we have this, uh, you know, this extended home losing streak. And now you just begin to worry because that's a community-owned team in an important market for the CFL, traditionally one of the best fan bases. It sucks. But it also is, you know, a couple weeks ago, Hamilton looked absolutely hopeless. They've won, won a couple now. Um, you know, it's about wins and losses at the end of the day, 37-29. Uh, no complaints there. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that Hamilton is is not just sort of going gently into the night and that we're seeing seeing them put up a little bit of a fight here. Um, I'm kind of speeding through these here because, you know, we do have a, a packed show. But uh, Toronto 35, Montreal 27, I think this sort of, for right now, um, reestablishes the Toronto Argonauts as, as the top team in the league right now. Um, you know, I would be a little bit more hesitant to say that if they hadn't smashed up the BC Lions a couple weeks ago. But, you know, they're now 4-0, and and they're going up against, or they went up against an Alouette's team that I think most of us consider to be the second-best team in the East. Um, probably not quite as convinced that they're really great cup contenders, but they're, they've done a lot. I've liked a lot of what Cody Fajardo does um, beyond taking a million sacks. Uh, I thought that defense was pretty decent. Um, you know, I just, I, I thought the Alouettes were going to put up a fight, and they did. And, I mean, that's kind of the, the big takeaway here for me is, yeah, they lost by eight, but, you know, that was a, a pretty tight game for the most part. Um, you know, they were leading at halftime, 10-7. Uh, you're not always going to beat the best team in the league. And I think the Alouettes put up a fight. They stayed in there. Um, yeah, they've lost, what, three in a row now. It, it's That's not ideal. Um, but they're still sitting. They're still second in the East. Ticats are two and three. Alouettes are two and three. Red Blacks are two and three. It's not great. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, look at this amazing division. But, look, I, I think the Alouettes are, are, are showing game in and game out that, that they can go out there and put up a fight. And that's what early season CFL is about. It's about positioning yourself for a run in the back half. Um, we've seen that again and again. And, uh, it, yeah, it, it ultimately, that, that was a really fun game. Uh, I know I saw some people be like, oh, it was only fun at the end. The scoreline doesn't. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, do you watch Jurassic Park and say, "Oh, I love the I love the Tyrannosaurus attack. I love the the Raptors attack, but everything else was terrible." Like, no. I like Jurassic Park because it's a good movie, and this was a good game. There's lots of action, lots of scoring. I love it. Um, can't just pick and choose and say, "Oh yeah, there were some terrible drives. There were some stretches where there weren't a lot of offense." Kick rocks. That's my opinion. This was a fun fun CFO game. Thirty five twenty seven, and we're complaining. Come on. Get out, of, get out of town. Uh, and then, though, Saturday, what a day. I'm still recovering. Um, you know, Ottawa Red Blacks, like, what do you say? 31-28 win over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That would be a big story. That would be a fun story. That would be an amazing accomplishment um, in, any, in any case. But doing it the way that the Red Blacks did it, you're using, what, your fourth-string quarterback pretty much. Mazzoli's out. Uh, Tari Adams is out. They didn't go with Arbuckle. Um, and then comes Dustin Crum. You're down 25-17. You lead that drive to get into overtime. And then you just, you know, scamper in for the for the game-winning touchdown OT. Dustin Crum, I don't know if you're ever going to do another thing in the CFL. I hope you do. Hope you have a long career here. But even if you didn't, um, we'll remember you for that because that was awesome. And I will be honest with you. Like, I, I was uh, – there were points where I was turning that game off because I just thought the Bombers are in such control. Um, I have been told that, you know, we all love the Winnipeg reporters, and I genuinely do, but 
uh, there's too much pro Winnipeg on this podcast, which is hilarious because the Bombers fans traditionally on Twitter, I'll just claim that I'm anti Winnipeg. Um, but I think that team deserves a ton of respect. I still think that they're very much a contender, but this type of thing didn't happen to that Bombers team. Um, very much the last couple of years. And I want to, you know, focus on the Red Blacks because I think that it's such a big win for Ottawa. Again, there's no three teams that are two and three. The Red Blacks could very easily, um, you know, make a playoff push here. They are not out of it. Um, but this is a game that me and Ian Busby sat here and just ripped on, just made fun of. We laughed at. I couldn't be happier to be wrong. Um, I apologize to everyone in Ottawa who who, who might be listening. Uh, that's a great, that, that, that was just a great story. It was so much fun. Um, couldn't believe it as I was seeing it. Still can't believe it, but I absolutely love it. Um, you know, they showed me a lot. I am very impressed by the Ottawa Red Blacks. They are showing a lot of resolve. They're showing a lot of fight, a lot of resilience. It's exactly what you want from your football team. And if I was a Red Blacks fan, I'd be very excited. Then to finish off the weekend, finish off the night, Saturday night here in Calgary, um, I was watching from my couch as the Stampeders somehow survived a 33-31 game. Um, we are going to talk about this with Jamie Nye, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but you know, the twists and turns here, it would take me all podcasts to go, to go down. I honestly had my story written, then was absolutely panicking. Um, when Mason fine coming in and really for Trevor Harris, who we all hope is okay. Our thoughts were with Trevor Harris. That was a scary, likely knee injury, uh, leg either way, but Trevor Harris is one of the good guys. He's an ambassador for the league. We all love, uh, Trevor Harris. And I, I really liked what he was doing, um, in Saskatchewan and, you know, who knows? Maybe we see him back this season. Maybe it's just a, a, a bad twist. But um, either way, Trevor Harris is, I, I'm a big fan, big, you know, big supporter of his. He's He's been good for the league. And uh, it, it sucked to see him go down like that. You kind of thought the game was in, over, but then Mason Fine comes in. It was just great. And that that heave to uh, to Tevin Jones, to be honest with you, I, I don't know how we caught it. I don't know how the Stampeders didn't just knock that ball down. Um but for them to take the take the lead sort of with a minute to go in the game, I think all of us thought it was over. It just felt like the Stampeders aren't going to catch a break this season. Um, that is, honestly, I was like, I guess I got to switch the story up and write a Stampeders lose story. And then I do think Jake Mayer deserves credit. You know, his the totality of his numbers, I think were pretty good. Um, but one way or another, for him to get into field position, and there is a debate over who the greatest – you know, field goal kicker of all time is here in the CFL. That's fine. I, I wrote it on Twitter. I was like, let's have the debate. It's fun. That's what we're doing here. This is sports. There's no resentment for me. Uh, I just know that I've never seen better than Renee Paradise. And he has now kicked 10 last second game winning field goals in his career. This one from what, 50 yards. Um, there's just no one I'd rather have it on their boot than Renee Paradise when the game's on the line. Um, absolutely incredible. Um, Stan Peters badly needed that win. It pushes them to two and three. Looks like the whole league's at two and three right now. Um, but it also means that we're going to probably have a game in October where the season series, you know, could be on the line between the Stamps and Riders. Add some intrigue there. But that game was absolutely wild. It's all the twists and turns. I like, I mean, the Stamps and Riders have played twice. I like the way these teams match up. Um, Stamps have a lot of work to do on special teams. The offense still has to improve. But that was a, honestly, if that's your spotlight game Saturday night, hopefully, you know, the country's watching down on CBS some. Um, American fans are watching. That is what you want. I loved it. It was so much fun. Wish I could have been there in the stadium. Uh, thoughts with Trevor Harris, but I'm all in, man. I, I, I this is this was the kickstart this league needed. Um, feels like we're really we're really going. And outside of knowing that the Argos are good, I think we, you know, I did this whole three tier system. I'm not sure that's where we're at anymore. Uh, 
I'm not going to put the Ottawa Red Blacks down in that third tier with the uh, with the uh, uh, Edmonton Elks. I can't do it. That's not right for me to do. But the Ottawa Red Blacks have proved they deserve better than that. Um, sorry, when there are one, two, three counting, should have had this up. One, two, three, four, four teams at two and three. Another at three and two. If you're the Red Blacks, you're not in that tier three. I know everyone cares about my tier system, but right now I pretty much have the Argos at number one. Lions right there with them. I don't know. There's like eight tiers. This whole tier thing is, it's a silly way of, of breaking it down. But anyways, we have Jamie Nye here. Before we get to that, I do want to just quickly shout out Fraser and Fig. I do this every episode. Um, I keep saying that I'm going to get a charcuterie board to bring in and show you guys I've had one. I had a picnic a few weeks back. It's delicious. What a treat that would be for me to have a Fraser and Fig uh, charcuterie board. These guys do these elevated uh, cheese and charcuterie uh, boxes. They're made with fresh artisanal provisions. Um, you do pick up, you can do delivery. Just let them know. They make them for you. They come in four sizes. Um, you got a little single ones for guys like me. Uh, and you got much bigger ones for a party or, or whatever. Um, these really are amazing. Every box comes with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. And honestly, their selections do vary month to month, so you're not stuck having the same thing every time or anything like that. Although that wouldn't be so bad because I am not kidding. These charcuterie boxes are great. Um, I will say that I am going to have one of these. I'm going to bring one in. I'm going to eat it. Um, both John Bender and any and Busby regular guests want to have one. So maybe we're just going to get a big one because those are big boys. Those guys can eat. So we are going to do that at some point. I'm not sure it's great podcasting, but we are a YouTube show as well. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you can find your podcasts. Please like and subscribe. Anyways, let's go over to Jamie and I because I want to get this sort of the, the writer's perspective on, or the Saskatchewan perspective on what happened between Calgary, Calgary St. Peter's and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last night. Jamie and I, the Prince of Regina, uh, the Prince of the wow. Prairies. I know. Um, That's not what my uh, listeners call me. No, what do they call you? What do they call you? Send your after, listeners over to me after He's picking against... the after picking uh, picking the Calgary Stampeders uh, to beat the Riders yesterday. They were calling me all sorts of things. Trader uh, was what, what was the favorite one. Trader, oh, uh, but hey, I was right. <laughs> yeah, you were. yeah, I mean, you're right. Except like the path that it took to get there, no one could have predicted. Um, it was it was fun. It was a blast. The yeah. path it took to get there. It was like all week the CFL had some dandy football games outside of the Elks and Hamilton, but uh, then everywhere else it was insanity. So like I've covered some like 2016 to 2018, the Stampeders were obviously mm -hmm. like sort of the powerhouse and amazing like machine that just everything clicked. I'm beginning to think it's a lot more fun to actually cover a team that's not quite as good as that. That just because like every game, I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, um the fun of the Rough Riders is just that. Like the last couple of years, it had like content for a show host. It, it's gimme putts after gimme putts to walk into work and go, hmm, what are we going to talk about? Uh, I don't know. We're going to talk about Chris Jones doing something ridiculous uh, with the football operations. Oh, we're going to talk about Chris Jones and the decision he made at quarterback. Oh, we're going to talk about a fight between Deron Carter and somebody else and Derek Dennis getting sent out of town. Okay. Now what else are we going to, Oh, Chris Jones is going to Cleveland. Okay. Now what are we going to talk about? Like two days after signing an extension, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, not two days, but pretty darn close, but a week, and, a week like yeah. this last six seasons since Chris Jones started and um, it has been nothing but 
maybe not fun for rider fans because there's been a lot of disappointment but it has been a easy team to cover because there's never a week you go into practice saying hmm what's the story this week it's pretty much given to you uh, every single time i will also say that like yeah there's been disappointments like obviously i've seen that from the outside and yeah the thing with the disappointment in saskatchewan is that everyone else delights in it a little bit yep. um but like that team in what it would have been 2019 um was that the west final in regina that i came out for yeah that was the clank off the upright against the winnipeg blue bombers uh yeah, the year cody fajardo closer yeah. to the great cup like it's they last year was obviously not great but like they've been yeah. close well, yeah, they went to back-to-back West Finals with Cody Fajardo and Craig Dickinson. So that's why I'm like, some people are already calling for Dickinson and O'Day to be fired yet again. But I'm like, what, what, what did you want O'Day to do? You wanted O'Day to, go, well, you wanted O'Day to go get a quarterback. He got Trevor Harris. You wanted to improve the offensive line. He got Philip Blake and Peter Godber. You want him to improve the receiving core. He got Sean Bain Jr., who looks like a breakout guy, and Darrell Walker. Now, unfortunately, ninety percent of those guys are hurt, uh, yeah. but. Jeremy O'Day doesn't determine who gets injured during a season. Just because I'm obviously Calgary-based, I knew Sean Bain was going to be good. Like, he, in Calgary last year, every yeah. time he got a chance, it's just he was behind Malik Henry, so he didn't yeah. get many chances. But he, he has been, like, you've watched him up close. He's He looks like the star that we think he is. It, it, yeah, I think so. Like, they barely used him until, like, one drive, and all of a sudden he picked up, like, 30 yards or 40 yards just like that. And I'm like, what? Wh- where is this? Like, where... Why haven't you been going to Sean Bain and make him an integral part of your offense, which was confusing uh, for the riders and Kelly Jeffrey. But, um, and plus I, I love the guy, like the personality of Sean Bain, like right when he came in person. uh, Oh yeah. Like he came into Saskatchewan. He did a bunch of public events before even training camp and fans were like, I met Sean Bain jr. This guy is awesome. He's a really nice guy. And it's like, yeah, that he is. So I, I loved covering him. And to be honest, like with him, and I, I'd say Mike Rose was a little bit like this too when Mike Rose was behind mm-hmm. Michael Johnson on the depth chart. And like Mike Rose clearly could have played in any other city other than Calgary or yep. like any other team. And Sean Bain was like that. Like probably other than backing up Malik Henry, he would have been a starter on any other team. And he was like, I'm not saying he was cool with it, but it never got him down. He never became a problem. So it's really cool to see him get that shot and, yeah. and kind of take it. Yeah, he's kind of the... Now he's this should be the centerpiece of this offense, really, uh, with all the other injuries going on. And before, and and they you can use him in so many different ways, right? So, I will say that I mean centerpiece of the offense. But if the Riders are playing the Stampeders, they should just get the Stamp to kick the ball a lot, and Mario <laughs> Alford will just destroy. Like I don't know what is going on with the Stampeders special teams, um, and because the stats aren't updated, like going into this week, the Stampeders had allowed five big play. Yeah returns mm-hmm. no other team had allowed three and then they allowed offered two kick return touchdowns which literally yeah. are the only reason the riders were in that game um like in the fourth quarter i mean well it was what the 14 of their 17 first 17 points were punt return touchdowns like just, it was it was 20 to 3 when you talk about like offense defense no special teams is a part of the game and it happened yeah. right so um and, and offered that guy that guy the way he hits holes is like <sighs> There's no hesitation. Like I, to be honest, damn special teams coverage was bad last night, but like full marks to Alford because he took advantage. I mean, well, it's not. It, he broke a rider record already for most return touchdowns 
he's got six in his rider career and he's been here for like a calendar year really because jeremy o'day traded for him uh with when montreal was like no we're gonna go with worthy he's our guy so he went out and got mario alford and He's already broken Corey Holmes' record, who's like a rider legend on return touchdowns, who was here for a lot longer than like 18 games or whatever it's been for Mario Alford. So, but I want to, I wanted him in the offense. Like I was saying on, on when Britton and I do our podcast, I was like, what, when do we get to see it? Because when Kelly Jeffrey was hired as the, uh, offensive coordinator, he would talked about Mario Alford being the guy, like the convertible you take out on a nice summer day and, you put the top down and cruise a little bit and but it's not like an every down he's not like your truck and the dependable everyday type vehicle he's he's the you know the the midlife crisis and i'm like i'm waiting for kelly jeffrey to have the midlife crisis and throw mario alfred out there because you put that guy in space like what is it mcallister and hamilton like yeah. you have a return well, a well, Brandon Banks. Banks a couple of years yeah. ago, right? Brandon Banks. It was he was returning, and it's like get that guy in space, put him in your offense. So that's that's my request to Kelly Jeffries try to get Mario Alfred involved in the offense. I want to see it too. Would he be like right? I mean, I guess prior to yesterday, probably would have been Harris. But like if you were guessing who sells the most jerseys in Regina right now, is it Alfred? No, I don't know. I don't think so. because uh, no? Harris would have been would have been in there. Um, the Canadians like Key and Schaefer Baker. People will really like Key and Schaefer Baker. Defensive players, Larry Dean, uh, is a popular guy. I haven't seen a lot of Nick Marshall jerseys. I don't know why. All the guy does is close games out. I know he gives up a big play every once in a while, but I think those guys. But I think you might see some more number twos getting sold now after two punt return touchdowns and breaking a rider record. Um. On a more slightly more serious note, have we heard anything about Trevor Harris? No. Obviously twisted the knee pretty bad. I mean, it 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 didn't look good, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it but when the cart comes out, I know. That's yeah. Yeah, that that's when you go, okay. It, they because usually if it's a torn ACL or something, they do some of the testing on the field and see what what movement it has, and you see him limp off or what but when when you saw the like was it Wigan who rolled on him? I think it was right. It was Wigan who rolls on the leg, but then there's a twist in the way he awkwardly fell. It was all sorts of things going. That's a heavy man on your leg. Yeah, uh, clearly with, no one with the torque. Oh no, yeah. absolutely. Um, he got. I think he got kicked by his own teammate to make him roll. Like to yeah, he knocked him over. Right. So yeah, no, no but it's it's it does suck. Like the CFL, the last couple of seasons, like when Cody Fajardo was the league's leading passer, it was because everybody else was hurt, yeah. uh, and so it sucks. It really sucks because and just in back-to-back yeah. weeks to have Mazzoli and then Harris, and like I do think whatever else has gone right in Saskatchewan, just having that like composed leader yeah. who doesn't who doesn't panic when a couple of things don't go his way has been a huge part of the turnaround this year. Yeah, yeah, is absolutely it has, and it's just his demeanor. It is remarkable to see already the the his teammates just rally around him in like six weeks really or seven weeks yeah. um because he missed a week of training camp for the the birth of his son so it was like how much he's already galvanized the group a little bit so we'll see what what happens next but it sucks because rider fans were really starting to adore trevor harris and what he was bringing to the organization but i mean it was 
so look, like, yeah, no matter what, it sucks. This, there's no but there. I don't want this to be like a yeah, yeah. but um, but I mean, it wasn't much. But I, Mason Fine looked pretty great out there. No, admittedly, I think no, he didn't. <laughs> Danny, don't be fooled by a 69 yard <laughs> that the Stampeders screwed up so badly. Yeah, like Mason Fine went out there. And he got sacked a few times and he threw a couple of hitch passes, swing passes to uh, Morrow, who got some yardage. He threw a nice pass to Picton. And the, but. Okay, fine. I was trying to be, I was he, trying to like not be the Calgary reporter. Um, but Mason Fine was, he was okay. And he got out of his, what was it, 115 yards or whatever it was, 69 of them were on that. It was. <laughs> It's on one ridiculous play stat lines don't tell you everything although it is nice to have them thank you genius sports um six for eight for 116 yards and two touchdowns looks pretty good i'm not saying i mean for anyone who didn't watch the game they're definitely going to look at it and be like the jamal morrow touchdown though i know it was a little pass and morrow walked in that's a good play call. That's a great play call. Yeah, that's a nice play. And, and, and nice execute, nicely executed. And, yeah, nicely executed blocking and receivers downfield. And the, well, the way Kelly Jeffrey called the game for Mason Fine was more impressive than I would say Mason Fine was at quarterback. But now he gets a week. Like, now, you, okay, now you dig in. Now you get the reps. Now what do you do? Oh, sorry. Who are you up against? Uh, the best damn defense in the Canadian Football League with Matthew Betts's nine sacks already this season which That's is insane <laughs> um what i mean at this point are you with trevor harris out i mean there's, it's not like you're gonna go and there's not other quarterbacks out there really i mean well, does, cloud bethel thompson doesn't want to play in ottawa does he want to play in saskatchewan or it's a good point yeah yeah okay you think that's a possibility no but okay. it, it's fun to talk about on a radio show yeah <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's other than that, I think people will always say Dane Evans, and I just don't believe that A, the Lions are giving up well, their, look, like, reliable backup. Bolivar Mitchell, Jeremiah Masoli, Trevor Harris. I, I Rick Campbell's not going to go, you know what? Let's get rid of our safety valve right now to a division yeah. opponent. And j because quarterbacks are dropping like flies, but we're going to yeah. give up our backup. Yeah, exactly. Not a chance. Yeah. They signed no. Dane Evans for a reason and, and and good on him. And it was something I was like with Trevor Harris. I was like, the riders need to go out and get a Matthew Schiltz or can they, I don't know if Dane Evans would have worked out financially with the Trevor Harris contract, but you know, we're, we're all waiting in Saskatchewan to see something out of these backups. Mason finds been underwhelming. I think for the fans, they really like Jake Dolagala. The I fan base really him. loves Jake Dolagala. I don't think you're giving Mason fine enough credit for looking at that Stampeders defensive backfield and picking the three DBs to throw it into knowing that they would instead of knock it down for some reason, just knock it up in the air. I think recognizing that throwing into triple coverage, but picking the <laughs> correct three DBs to do it to is, is hard. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. Uh, but Tevin Jones, though, on that play, it like, unbelievable. like when he he gives that little like bump into the back of Moxie 
which throws him off a little bit. I was wondering if Dave Dickinson had a challenge in a timeout left, <laughs> if he challenges for offensive passing, he probably would have, and he might've won it with Tevin Jones, a little bump to the back of those guys. He might've right won it, but I don't it. want that called to be honest. No, like that's Mm-mm. yeah. I don't want that called. I'm let them I play hate football. To, I hate to agree with Daryl Davis, but I'm like, I'm kind of sick of reviews now. I'm like just, know. just play the, just play the game. Yeah. There's mistakes. Refs are humans to move on. Like the turn the automatic reviews with turnovers. Okay. I live with those, but like the, ch- the challenges on sometimes ticky tack calls. What was the game? The other, was it Montreal, Toronto? There was like a pass interference call, which was like, okay. Like, yeah, I like it's every game. And it's not like my whole thing is that I want the rules to be consistent with what like, kids would be playing on some mm-hmm. level like what kids on the playground and i'm sorry yeah. like tapping a guy on the shoulder that has no impact on his ability to catch the ball should not in my opinion be passing interference. i think that the rules are way too strict um, well and then you see it when they slow it down in slow motion there it is oh yeah i guess so gotta call it yeah i like yeah, the these, most- like the, the cfl is doing a good job speeding up games right yeah and sometimes it when it gets slowed down and muddied by challenges and stuff, I'm like, man, this game could have been over in like two and a half hours. It's we a, could be I at the bar already. What's happening? <laughs> I imagine you didn't watch the TSN feed. And like, I honestly, they did. It was actually a really good broadcast yesterday, but it's so funny how like that ref was pretty quick with his calls and announcing them. And the TSN guys loved it so much. It was just constantly <laughs> comments on thinking like, these guys are going really fast. We yeah. Love this. Um, yeah. So Speed good on along. Yeah. Um, can I ask from an outsider perspective, what was it like watching a Stampeders team that 95% of the time looks good and then just massively screws up um, a couple times a game? Well, for, for me, I was like, I know I'm looking at it at a rider's perspective, but uh, when I, when I watch Jake Mayer, especially, I'm like, he's got it. And then he doesn't. And you're like, what is going on? Like there's a couple of drives downfield where He's he's got the time and he picks the defense apart and then he makes some throws where you're like what we're all looking around like what was where is he going with that football what was that was he th- it almost looks like he's throwing it away like that's you- the frustrating thing that's why I pick Calgary is because I'm like Jake Mayer is not this bad he is not a two touchdown six interception guy the law of averages are gonna start to you know work out mm-hmm. so that but then he's like you he said it at halftime like, you tweeted oh. it you were just like the difference here has been the pressure yeah and like i don't think jake deals with pressure particularly well at all um and i do think he did last season which is sort of strange but the second that the riders sort of started just pushing the pace a little bit with the defensive line i did feel like that's where we saw yeah. jake struggle uh, i mean he still finished with 315 yards and two touchdowns but well, i don't know what 200 in the first half i know he was really like, but it helped when three of those plays were wide open receivers because the Riders' secondary was just bad. Like they missed Roland Milligan in that football game. The communication was all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. it, so that helps Jake Mayer's numbers too. But he was good in the first half. But the Riders didn't get to him. They started to get to him in the second half, and he's one of those quarterbacks. Well, who was it? Was it Amondo Sewell who talked about Trevor Harris? Like, all you have to do is hit him and. It's it's game over pretty much. It, it's similar with Jake Mayer. It looks like like yeah. you start hitting him and he starts overthinking it or trying to get the ball out way quicker than he's got time for. 
it's when Nick Arbuckle came in for the Stampeders in, in 2019, he got sacked a bunch and I had written a story on the offensive line. This is a long way of getting to my point, but um, about how badly the offensive line was playing. And I believe it was Shane Bergman. One of the offensive linemen came up. It wouldn't have been Shane Bergman. I shouldn't say yeah. who it was, but came up to me and sort of explained. He was like, the thing that no one gives Bo credit for is like, Bo doesn't run, but he's moving in the pocket and like reading the way that the defensive line is coming and just able to completely manipulate the pocket in that way to like give himself time. And I don't know that Jake is doing that just yet. Uh, I also thought that that was the first time where the Stampeders had their actual, like what resembled their legitimate receiving crew. And I think that that did make a difference yeah, in without the Malik Henry, but well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, they, they replaced Malik with Mark and Michelle. Like they, mm-hmm. there's not a huge drop off there. Like Mark and, was a star his first two seasons here. Okay. Hey, show me some more Tommy Lee Lewis too, by the way. Man, did he look good, eh? Yeah. Like he's uh like well, you put Michelle and Lewis all of a sudden in that receiving core and uh, Luther Hakanavanu. Did I get it right? Am I yes, did I get it right? Yeah. Um yeah. all you have I- to do Hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's just say it the way it's it's spelled. It's... it's... You did a great job is what I'm saying. I don't know how people struggle with it, but you did it correctly. Well, I, it's harder to do when it's not right in front of you. But yeah. but anyways, like you start to see that receiving core coming together and you're like, oh, this is they got some talent here. Right. So yeah. when I going into this game, I was really thinking like if the, this is usually the point of the season where those one and three, one and four teams start to go on some runs and look a lot better than they were in the first third of the season. And some of the teams that are higher in the standings start to show their blemishes a little bit. Uh, And I picked Calgary to be that team out of the lower crop of teams going, uh, it's the Stampeders who are going to rise here and get to 500 some way, somehow, because sorry, Dave Dickinson's too good of a coach. Um, The talent on that team is too good like that. I know they lose Jameer Thurman, but Mike Alway has been man, he's good. great. Yeah, <laughs> like they've been able to fill some holes, and even their secondary is good. Um, Vodders has been great. 
Fonda just like stepped it up. I mean, Sean Mike Lemon, Rose right? is, Mike Rose also had his like Mike Rose game yesterday, where yeah. it's like, okay, now you're actually in shape and just dominating guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I largely agree. I, I to be honest, I mean, if Trevor Harris was healthy, I would not have been picking the the riders to fall off. Um, and I, I hope that they figure it out. It's just, can we do the thing that's going to bother people as the Calgary and the Saskatchewan reporters? Um, what bombers aren't quite the same. Well, of course we they talk are. What happened yesterday? Like, what happened to the bombers? They fell asleep. That's what happened. You like, think that's and, it, eh? and and plus, what they did, and I don't know what why Richie called it that way. Is I and I appreciate it. some people say stay aggressive, but when you have a scrambling quarterback and you send eight, and nobody gets there. Well, guess what? Only four guys are left to tackle the scrambling quarterback. And mm -hmm. that Dustin Crumb started to eat him up with his legs a little bit there. And that's what I look at. But just like everybody, so here's the thing, Danny. Every You remember it. You got choked up. I imagine Jeff Hamilton will watch this and go, stop it, you guys. Stop talking <laughs> about the Bombers. They're still good guys. Like, leave us alone. The Bombers are good. But it's the same thing what happened in Calgary. Everybody wanted to be the first guy to go, oh, the Stampeders are done, just so they could be the first guy to say the Stampeders are done. Yeah. And then they were back in a damn gray cup, and I was losing <laughs> stippy bets to podcasters in Calgary. He's my next guest, by the way. He's coming on right after you. Um, the bearded like wonder? Yeah, he's in Florida. I, I, he just wrote me yesterday. He was like, man, I want to talk. And I was like, cool, let's do it. Um, Can you I am ask not him saying about, the bombers are done. You need I'm to not. ask him. No, you need to ask him about eating pancakes on uh, Amazing Race Canada. I, I was really intrigued by that. How many pancakes did he actually consume well, I mean, during Amazing Race Canada? Let's get him on. Um, <laughs> on any second. You can do the interview. Um, I do want to be clear. I'm not saying the bombers are done, like at all. I, I still probably would pick them to come out of the West. Um, I just do think that, like, what happened against the Lions. And then what yep. happened last night didn't happen in previous seasons. That and, offensive line is not as like nowhere near as good. Like yeah. they used to truck over teams. They're not doing it anymore. Like Stanley Bryant should not be how many off. I almost swore. How many offensive linemen of the year awards has he won mm -hmm. in a row? Like three or four. Something last, like last year was a joke that he won because no, nobody knew how to vote. So yeah, well, if Derek Dennis had been, healthy for the whole year he probably would have won last year joel figueroa was a better offensive lineman than stanley bryan in bc last year like i just there were other options and yeah they, they lose their center uh coaches now in bc um so that hurts trust me uh, we've been watching it in saskatchewan going through centers recently with dan clark to logan bandy to peter godber back to logan bandy and it, it impacts the team so and, and they lose Desjardins, right? So they've lost a bunch on the offensive line. They're just not that strong. That's also the thing, like, when people ask me about, like, oh, they, the Stamps lost Thurman. They lost, you know, Javion Elliott, who's a hell of a DB out yeah. in, in Hamilton now. Like, all Fuller and Oromolata. It's like, yeah, but guys, like, do you not want them to have Sean McEwen at center? Like, do you know how hard it is to find a Sean McEwen? Like, um, it's such that an important position. Huge. That was a huge signing for the Stampeders when they got McEwen away from Toronto. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I mean, it's also bringing him back to Calgary. So he's a guy who, you yeah. know, will resign here again and again and again. Um, yeah, I like, I, again, do not think they're done. I would still pick them 
in a in a playoff game against everybody. But I, I oh, I don't know about everybody. Regression. Like Toronto, BC are. I would put they're they're on my power rankings above Winnipeg, and now I think it's Toronto, BC, and Winnipeg's like like That's, at the top of the next tier now almost. Are they going to drive three anyone tier? from Winnipeg crazy? I think we should bring Ryan Ballantyne in. Are you down with that? Yeah, I lo- he, we can talk about sippy cups. Here we go, Ryan Ballantyne. <laughs> okay, I have, a, I have a I question for Ryan Ballantyne. Oh, I have a question for Ryan Ballantyne. How many pancakes did you consume during the taping of Amazing Race Canada? Zero. Every what? time they finally delivered our correct pancakes... They made that another team would come in and they'd be like, we don't know. They might choose your table and they'd rip the pancakes away. I got zero pancakes. I was there for eight hours. That's terrible. <laughs> That's a lawsuit. Isn't that a right? lawsuit? That should be a lawsuit. I, I did get my 50 bucks cash, though. And uh, <laughs> I, I just thought it would be fun to be in the background and have people be like, wait. Isn't that Ryan from Big Brother Canada? Why is he just sitting there eating pancakes? Um, so I thought it would be fun to go down and do it. It was yeah, worth yeah. it. Are you, like, are, are, are you like on a ride, like in a line, or what's going on right now? Uh, no, I am currently at the uh, Vineland Premium Outlet Mall. It's the day between parks. I uh, did Disney World for four days. I got Universal for the next three days. But today is the day to just uh, wander the outlet malls and go shopping. Right on. <laughs> um, Jamie, man, I feel like I should let you go here. Um, Before I get right? bombarded by a five-year-old who's like, he was really <laughs> intrigued by the podcast light that I have and everything else. So yeah, yeah. Well, and before yeah, I like completely go way over my, come on for half an hour. Um, thing, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people to feel like I'm, I'm just abusing um, their, their kindness. But man, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, yeah. Right best. on. Are you are you hanging up on me or am I hanging up on you? I don't know. I how think that you works. hang up on me probably. I've never actually done this three people on a feed. Um, so if you hang up on me, that'd be great. Okay. Later, boys. See you later. See you, James. Yep, he's gone. All right, Ryan, man. I read your article on Three Down Nation this morning. Um, well, that's good. I, I I thought you did a great job. Um, what's your take? Give me your number one takeaway. From last night's game between the Stamps and the Riders? Uh, if not for Mario Alford, that game is an embarrassment for the Riders. I think they got absolutely beat up last night, offensively and defensively. And uh, if Mario Alford doesn't score those two touchdowns, uh, I think the doom and gloom over Riderville would be a lot heavier than it probably is today. You know, they're probably saying right now, ah, we got unlucky because Rene Paredes comes out and kicks the last second field goal after we took the lead. But, I mean... The Hail Mary touchdown was a one-in-a-million touchdown. The Alford returns don't happen every day, especially against this team, although it's happened frequently this season. Um, I, I just think that the Riders really, the score flattered them in every single direction. I love you coming in hot like this. It's, um, I will say my <laughs> counterpoint to that would be that right now, Big special teams plays against the Stampeders are not a bug. They're a feature. I think that uh, this team is allowing, is losing the field position battle on special teams. Um, and it's an area where they're vulnerable, um, unfortunately. So, like, I think that, yes, Alford 
deserves all the credit, but you know, there's three phases to this game, and the Stampeder special teams coverage is just not where it, it needs to be for them to beat better teams than the Riders. Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you look at their special teams, it's either zero or a touchdown. You know, they're they're not allowing those kind of 15, 20 yard runs. If you get past the Stampeders first wave, you've got a good chance at scoring this year. Otherwise you're not, it's not happening. So I think I think it's glaring when you say, oh, well, look at all these touchdowns. But they're, what they're not giving up is those 15, 20, 25-yard returns that they've been getting from their, their returners themselves. So no, and I actually like, I, I think, I think that's is, a really strong glaring point. that these touchdowns are there. Yeah. It's, it's a strong point, but I, I there, honest... they're not. You go. <laughs> okay. Um... Look, I, I think it's just one of those things where, where the averages now look bad because of those touchdowns. But if you take the touchdowns out, their averages are actually pretty good. Fair enough. They do, they do still exist and they are, you know, the, the touchdowns are happening. I actually, I, I think I wrote something similar in my, in my story yesterday, although my story was a complete mess because of the last two and a half minutes of that game. Um, so I may have cut it out, but I, I do think that you're right, that it is, it's sort of all or nothing. It's a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde on that special teams coverage. Um, I think that if fans, I recognize that Jake Mayer was not perfect yesterday. I'm not saying that. I don't know that he was like out there playing an MOP level, but like you have to be encouraged by the step forward that this offense took yesterday and Jake in particular, right? I mean, this was a little more, particularly the first half and then getting to the field position where Renee could kick that, that, that final field goal. Like I, I think the offense deserves some credit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what more you want from Jake Mayer if, if 300 passing yards with two touchdowns isn't enough. I mean, yes, the interception was ill-advised, but it was still tipped. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't directly into the chest of a defender that we have seen earlier this season. It was kind of a hope and prayer throw, and I think he had built the confidence with the receivers who had been coming down with those balls in the first half to just kind of throw it up there and see what happens. Um, you know, I, not the wisest choice in that moment, but if that's the mistake you want to hang on Jake for last night, I don't think that that's a problem. And I don't think the Stampeders are upset about a 300 yard, two touchdown performance, uh, from their starting quarterback. You get that every single week, you're going to win more often than you're not in this league. Yeah. I think that if people focus on the one mistake instead of the like genuine a huge step forward in terms of him spreading the ball out, in terms of him going to Reggie in big moments. I mean, man, I'm excited about Tommy Lee Lewis. Um, it, it's like, oh, this is why they kept him on the neg list for half a decade. You know, um, I, I really think my first glance at the guy, that guy in game action, his speed is just different. Um, and the idea of like when Mark and Michelle fully gets going, being able to sort of rotate those guys in and out, having Reggie, I, I do think trade Odom Stokes. I, I, I honestly think that this this offense is is starting to come together, and you've got a winnable game against Ottawa, and then a game against Montreal that I I, I do think you you need to win. Um, but when I see the D line get what seven sacks, um, that had been a like pressuring quarterbacks had been an issue earlier in the year. That's a huge step forward. Um, I think that there were other than the special teams mistakes, and frankly a hilarious Hail Mary um like I know yes. that if you're a coach if you're a coach you're probably like mad about it but like 
that was absolutely like I, I laughed out loud when it happened. I couldn't believe it. But I I think the Stampeders team is really good and they just have a tendency to shoot themselves in the foot a little bit on a couple plays a game. Yeah, I mean, even, even when you listen to Dave Dickinson's interview with the post game yesterday, he was like, even Tammy knows you knocked that down. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, just Tammy is his wife. His wife. Yeah, invoking yes. his wife uh, to say, you know, that hey, even Tammy knows you just knocked that ball down. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then his just saying right out that he was pissed about it. Uh, I thought that also uh, entertained me just a little bit. Um, uh, Dickinson seems to be getting looser in his post-game press conferences now that he's got the dual chair. Um, you know, he's always kind of been forthright in a good quote, but he's getting better uh, right now, I think, uh, for, for my money. But, I, I mean, you know, how often are you going to see – if you see that touchdown, you're going to see that touchdown on highlight reels forever in Ryderville if they win that game. You know, like if they if that yeah. touchdown stood to be the winning points, that's their Dustin Crumb moment of the season. You know, whereas now because they lost the game, it just it doesn't really matter uh, at the end of the day because you know they they lost. So you can get all the all the hail marys you want if you walk away with the win. How much do they really matter? I mean, that's the nature of football. The amazing plays are only remembered when your team wins, and like that that dates back to time immemorial it's it's just the reality of of the sport that we love um speaking of which i I know you're in florida i can't imagine you spent your entire day yesterday watching cfl football but like man ottawa red blacks what a (laughs) what a shocker i'm i managed to get back to the hotel just in time for the comeback uh it was incredible it was incredible i was sitting there streaming the game uh, which i wasn't able to do with the stamps so thank goodness for the global audio vault or whatever. I could listen to Mark and uh, I could listen to Mark's call of the game on a radio and imagine what it looked like, um, and then watch highlights after the fact online. Um, but uh, watching that comeback from Ottawa was fantastic. I mean, it was yeah. it was exactly what the Red Blacks need, um, and it was a jolt in the arm to a fan base that has really taken a kicking over the last couple of years. And not for nothing, shows that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are ultimately vulnerable, and they're not the you know the the old Wally Buono line was better to blow something up a year too early than a year too late, and we may be finding out that this is the year where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are getting blown up one year too late. I love that you're Jamie and I had a little bit of this conversation. I'm not willing to say that I actually think the Bombers are quite a good team. That just like need some fixes they're just not the complete and total train that they were the last couple of years like if well, I'm yeah, exactly allow but the- if you're if you're not moving forward you're moving backward and right now the winnipeg blue bombers appear to be sliding i love i love that this is what this is the stance that we're all taking here um it's, I, I, I i honestly strongly disagree but what i will say is that i look at the league right now and other than the Toronto Argonauts, who are four and zero, there's what? There's five teams that are two and three or three and two. The Bombers are four and two. It's basically I did this whole tiered thing with Ian Busby on last podcast. I'm beginning to think it's the Argos in the top tier, probably with the Lions, and then the Elks in the bottom tier, and it might be everyone else fighting in the middle. And that's a nice place for the league to be. Absolutely. I think parity is important for these guys to, to go 
across and, and be able to sell the league. If you want to sell the league, you need parity. You need the chance that everyone could win every week. You shouldn't be able to go perfect and pick them every week. There should be a surprise. And what the nice thing about those surprises is they make it a much more entertaining game to watch. I mean, hell, we got to watch a game won on a kickoff rouge two weeks ago. And how spectacular <laughs> is that? You know, like we, we get to we get to see the craziest stuff happening in the CFL. And the idea that any team could win any game any week is good for the league. It's good for the fans. It's good for the ratings. All of those things. Final question before I let you go. Let us pretend that the Stampeders, as an organization, decided for the first time in 10 years that they were going to do a Wall of Fame inductee again. You know, add someone. They've just decided that to stop doing that for some reason. Um, I mean, that was just, to be honest, that was a terrible opening because I just want to ask you about Renee Paradis because, man, like 10 game-winning last-second field goals in his career – the guy is working as a firefighter full time and then just showing up at stamps practice and kicking the ball around and does that last night. I mean, like contextualize what as a Stampeders fan at this point, Renee Paradise means to you and to this this organization in the stand days. I think much like when we watched Doug Flutie play for the Stampeders and you realize that this was the greatest quarterback that has ever played in the league. That's what we're seeing with Rene Paredes. Rene Paredes is the greatest kicker to ever lace up a pair of cleats and step onto a CFL field. And anybody who wants to bring their Justin Medlock nonsense into this conversation can turn around and walk right back out the door. Rene Paredes is the CFL's greatest kicker of all time. End of sentence. There's no equivocation. There's no argument. This guy is the best. He's on pace right now for another 90% season. If you look at accurate seasons in CFL history, he owns the top of the list. Rene Paredes has currently six of the top 10 most accurate seasons of all time. Of all time. Six out of 10. The guy is absolutely a monster. He is a machine. He does everything you want him to do. Every time your kicker goes out there, you expect them to get the field goal. In Calgary, that's even more so. When he misses, what happened? Because that's what we know Rene Paredes brings. The guy's automatic. He's the greatest of all time. And Stamps fans should be applauding their asses off when he comes back to Calgary and they finally celebrate what they should have been celebrating before when he, when he moved up in the record books. Um, Rene Paredes is, I can only hope that firefighting keeps him busy enough that he can just keep kicking for another 20 years and go <laughs> Louis Pasaglia and just own the whole thing. Just keep going, you know, show up on game day and kick your way into Louis's, uh, Louis shoes. I knew that I could count on you to just come in with the fire takes. Um, even from Florida. I love it. Um, I'm sure that there are going to be fans, fan bases, or fans from other fan bases who listen to that and are like, I hate Ryan and Danny. Why am I listening to this pro Stampeders podcast? But that's why I have guests on, because they say it, not me. Um, but I look, what that's I know, right. and I'm going to let, I am going to let you go. What, what I know to add to that is just when the game's on the line, there's no one in history who I'd rather have it on their foot than Bernie Paradise. And I, I, I no, do absolutely. believe that. Absolutely. Um, 
you go enjoy Florida. Is this a anniversary? Like, I know you're celebrating an anniversary with your wife. Is this an anniversary trip where you just decided to come and talk football on a podcast? Yes, the wife and I have spent 20 years together, and she has now spent 20 minutes sitting on the ground next to me in this mall waiting for me to finish here. So I want to thank her for uh, yes. for 20 years of happiness and uh, 20 minutes of indulgence as we celebrate our anniversary trip. Um, it's uh, a heck of a good time. Um, and uh, I don't know if I can uh, flip the camera here. I don't know. All I can do is turn it off. But uh, there she is down there, my wife and son as they wait for us to uh, to continue our trip here. Thank you for allowing this. Happy anniversary. Guys, goodbye. Ryan, thank you so much. Thank I really you, appreciate it. All right. That was Ryan Ballantyne. We had Jamie and I on before. Um, Jamie from CJME in Regina. Um, really, really appreciated his time. And then Ryan, obviously, uh, uh, apparently he's on a bunch of reality shows. I didn't realize he was on Amazing Race Canada, but he does write for Three Down Nation. I really, really appreciate. He does some some great content there. And uh, I don't know, he hosts the Go Stamps Go podcast. Check that out if you're a Stampeders fan, as anyone who listening can tell. He is unabashedly pro Stampeders. Um, and good for them. I will say that our guests are brought to you by Fraser and Fig. I'm just going to do the ad read straight up here, not sort of tell my story about having a picnic a couple weeks ago. Um, I know everyone loves my picnic stories but yeah they do these delicious elevated cheese and charcuterie boards and boxes made with fresh artisanal provisions for on-demand grazing for pickup or delivery honestly check these guys out they do these uh these boxes it's got it's all local it's all artisanal they have four sizes small big i mean everything in between um you know individual to party size they, all the boxes come with meat cheese dried fruit fresh fruit nuts olives pickles and carrots and their selections very month to month. We really, really appreciate Fraser and Figure. They're just down the road from our studio here. So um, at some point, as I've said, apparently with Ian Busby and John Bender, two regular guests, I think we're just going to sit here. We're going to get on camera, just three grown men eating, eating charcuterie. You guys can watch. I'm sure it'll be sure it'll be a hit. Um, that's how we drive traffic here, here at Live from the 55, just by eating on, on air. Um, Anyways, guys, this is where uh, we only got a couple minutes left here. Uh, I'm going to take a quick look ahead at week seven. Um, I feel very confident looking ahead. You got you got four games. Edmonton and Winnipeg first. In Winnipeg. Um, Toronto Hamilton. Saskatchewan, BC. Ottawa, Calgary. Um, there's some fun games here. Um, I, honestly, I don't think that Winnipeg-Edmonton is fun. I think that's going to make me very sad. It is... That's just about as rough a matchup for a hopeless Edmonton team as you can get. Um, I don't know, man. I said last week's Winnipeg-Ottawa game was going to be a massacre. It wasn't, but I have a lot more faith in that Ottawa team than I do in anything happening at Edmonton. Fix it. I hope it gets fixed. feel bad for all the fans in Edmonton. I feel bad for the players on the field and the people in the offices there doing good work. It, it just doesn't seem to be coming together, and it makes me very sad. Toronto-Hamilton. Look, I think Toronto is the best team in the league. I think Hamilton's made some progress, and I do know that game you know, that that game would appear to be in Hamilton. Um, probably should check that, but based on my understanding, uh, that game is in Hamilton. I think Ticats have made some strides. I like that defense. I, I know that when those two teams play, um, it's always a it's always a war. So that would be a fun one. I, that's actually one that I would I'm really looking forward to. If I was in the GTA, I would make sure I was there. Um, Again, I feel like every team now just wants to knock off the Argos. I think that they've sort of established themselves as the cream of the crop. And when that 
happens, you have a bullet or you have a target on your back. Um, so I you know that one's fun. Saskatchewan, BC, very, very, this would be different if Trevor Harris was, was healthy. Maybe he is, maybe he miraculously um, is, is not, it's not out for an extended period after that that scary injury yesterday. A uh, hard not to pick BC there, and then Ottawa, Calgary. Hey man, I'm not I'm not picking against this Red Blacks team. I'm not picking against the Stampeders team either. I'm just looking forward to this one. It's my job to cover this, so I don't. I probably shouldn't be making a pick. Um, it's not really my job, but I do think honestly, I'm just I'm not writing off the Red Blacks. I, I like what the Red Blacks did. Um, I, you beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You you gain my respect. You know. Ryan was talking a little bit about the the Bombers falling off. Jamie and I had a little fun with it. I still think that they are an elite, elite football team and that they have that. Um, they have that just like sort of veteran understanding of, of, of how to win football games. It didn't happen against the Red Blacks. Um, obviously, they got smacked around a little bit by the Lions a few weeks ago, but this is still the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So when the Red Blacks beat them, that said them something to me. That, that showed me that this team's got that fight. It's got that dog. Um, I can't pick the Stampeders just because the Red Blacks... I mean, look, they have identical records, don't they? Yeah, what am I doing? It's not like these two, it's not like the Stamps are, are a powerhouse and, and the Red Blacks are sort of a bottom feeder. They, they're both two and three. So that should actually be a good game. That should be a fun game. Uh, looking forward to that one. That is Saturday at 5 p.m., I guess. Um, yeah. So where's it Sunday? What is that? Guys, this is terrible podcasting, but we're just going to quickly check the Stampeders schedule because that's the 23rd. Um, and this all... Huh, it's Sunday at five. Wow. It's my job to know that. Um, that's good to know. That really actually affects how I, I go about my week. Um, we're going to figure out a schedule for this podcast next week. I'm not sure we're going to be recording on Sunday. We may be recording on Monday. Um, either way, we'll let you know on, on Thursday's episode. Guys, this is live from the 55, brought to you by Fraser and Fig. I am Danny Austin. I super appreciate you guys listening. Please tell your friends. Please tell your family. Please tell your, tell your enemies if that's really what you got to do. But would love to, uh, you know, want to want to keep providing this content for you and we super appreciate everyone listening and watching um thank you so much you guys are the best hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. We're kicking off during March Madness. Cal's Kentucky Wildcats are in the hunt. So throughout the tournament, I'm going to call up my friend to ask about his wins, losses, and especially what he's telling his players in the locker room. You got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.